Welcome to People Behind the Business, Episode 10, a show for small businesses with small teams and huge ambitions. I'm your host, Rosemary Riching. Thanks for joining me on the season finale episode of People Behind the Business. I wanted to end the season by doing something a little bit different. This episode is for those of you who've always thought that podcasting seemed like a good strategy for your business, but didn't really know where to start. So one day when I was almost done recording all my episodes, I reached out to Megan Dogherty, who is the co-founder of an agency that deals with podcast launches, amongst a few other things, just to do a quick Q&A about podcasting and some of the most common misconceptions and also fears that people have about trying it. So without further ado, I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. Uh, my name is Megan Doherty, and I am the founder, uh, co-founder, <laughs> very important, and CEO of OneStoneCreative.net. So how did that first start? Well, uh, last summer is when our uh, company started, and an old colleague of mine who I'd worked with at um, a different company, who is amazing at uh, audio video work, got in touch with me and said, hey, you know what, I know you're at least at the ends right now, I'm at loose ends right now, why don't we get together and try to build something? And I said, absolutely, I would love the chance to work with you again. And uh, so, yeah, we got together and uh, developed a business together. Yeah, that's the way to get started, because then you're mm-hmm. already friends and etc. Exactly. So, we, knew, we knew each other's strengths, which is really important, because uh, we have skills that really complement each other. That's good. So, what do you find are the most effective topics for the line of communication with the team? Uh, we use um, a software called Teamwork to manage the different projects and the different clients that we have. And it has a chat interface. Uh, sort of like Slack, if you're familiar with that, but it's basically a chat room that uh, when anyone is working, they jump in there and we're in touch pretty much all day. Oh, that's a good way to do that, for sure, especially with all the time zone differences and people being in different places and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, my, I've only actually met my business partner in real life twice in the years that we've known each other. So <laughs> she's in Texas and I'm up here in Canada. Uh, so find yourself in a team and go back to the very first day of one still. And you can tell yourself anything. What do you say to yourself and why? Just if I could go back to the beginning of this business, um, I would have said focus a little more a little earlier. Um, focus specifically on revenue generating activities. I fell into, uh, in the first couple of months of this business, uh, the trap of creating a lot of content before we had a lot of clients. Uh, and it ended up um, being a great learning experience, but it didn't actually help us grow the business in the way that really just aggressively um, marketing ourselves and building relationships and networking would have. So that's what I'd say. Yeah, that's something very important. Actually, when I first started, I had a very similar problem too. <laughs> I think a lot of us, uh, when we start businesses, this is so much easier to just sit in your office and make wonderful content and be like, this will, this will get us attention. But really, you just have to go out and talk to people. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, kick things off with what I brought you uh, for today. Uh, what year sets an okay podcast a great podcast idea? Well, it uh, varies a lot business to business, um, but I think for a professional podcast, um, a great podcast idea is one that's going to really make the best use of the content you've already created, the network that you already have, and the audience that you're trying to build. 
a good or an okay podcast idea will be something that you know you're passionate about and you want to talk about and explore, but a really great one does that and it integrates into everything else that you're doing with your business. Yeah, that's a good point because uh that's really what you have to keep in mind if you wanna bring it beyond just a nice hobby, really. Exactly, yeah. And and um because podcasting is such a huge investment of, of time and money and work um, it, it really does need to support everything else that you've got going on in your business. So on a related note, when you talk to your clients, what do you, uh, especially the ones that are just thinking of starting podcasts, uh, what do you think uh, surprises you the most about what makes someone a good podcaster? Uh, how long you have to do it before you start to get traction. Uh, podcasting is a long-term game, not a short-term game. Um, so it, it, uh, what, what surprising to people I find the most is that, you know, you've got to be ready to put in six months, um, before you really start to see a return. There are exceptions. Some people, very rarely, people will hit it, like, out of the park and get a lot of traction right away. But for the most part, um, it does take a lot of time to get there. I think that's what's misleading, too, about what a, a lot of the blog posts online are found, too, is that, uh, there's too much of a, like, this is how you can be a superstar within the first week. Yeah, kind of thing. And I mean, um, <laughs> like most things with, with business or audience building, if you've already got a huge community, absolutely, you're going to get a lot of attention as soon as you want to podcast. But if you don't, then you're going to have to build it the same way you have to build any other kind of audience. Yeah, not that a lot of time. Sure. So, uh, could you elaborate a bit on why the most common misconceptions that a lot of the aspiring podcasts work, uh, podcasters that you work with have about, um, what they will see? It will be like? Um, for sure. I think, um, uh, you know, with our particular client group, uh, we're very, we, we tend to work with podcasters who, uh, have been speakers or consultants or, or entrepreneurs and business owners for some time. So it, it, there's less of a shock when you have to put in kind of all that work in advance before you start to see returns. Um, but another thing that is surprising, uh, to folks is how much you have to promote a podcast once it's been released. Um, the recording, the editing, the wrangling, I guess, that's all just the beginning. Uh, and so, you know, telling people about the podcast, sharing the links, really promoting it, which is something that, you know, as a podcast host, you kind of have to do for yourself unless you have a dedicated social media person. Um, it, it really is, uh, more work, I think, than is, than seems reasonable. It's more work than seems fair. So what would you recommend to people that are approaching this? while dealing with uh, small teams or no teams, since that's so much the reality of what my audience and listeners are dealing with as well. Definitely. I think the most important is uh, making sure you're setting your own expectations really, really well and planning as much time for promotion as you do for production. So for every hour that you spend uh, thinking about your shows, recording them, editing them, um, dealing with your guests, plan to spend an hour promoting it once it's live. And if you can kind of keep that in mind that it's going to be 50-50, production and promotion, then you're going to not be surprised when you do spend as much time as you do uh, promoting your show. I think that's a good point, too, because um, I think people often just get too stuck in being overwhelmed and where should I start first, etc. Exactly, and it's, it, it is a huge amount of work, especially if you're working alone or with a really small team. Um, it can take up a big chunk of a week. Yeah, definitely, uh, with all the little bits pieces and etc. Yeah, I admit when I uh, met when I was personal to me many of my role models for podcasting were people that uh, either their significant other was a sound editor or mm -hmm. they were dealing with big teams and then I can definitely relate to that because I was like oh yeah I've got to do things in a way that feels comfortable for me. Definitely. Having uh, a sound editor in the family is a great trick if you can manage it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been very lucky because when I was in university, I took uh, a course on 
audacity. And that's been really, really great. Um, but that's I realized, yeah. And but I realized you know, not everybody has. Mm-hmm. So uh, on a related note, uh, what would you recommend for people that are finding technology aspects really confusing? Oh, just uh, one bit at a time. Um, the technology is confusing. Um, I guess first things first, don't beat yourself up because it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's not you. Uh, <laughs> just kind of pick one thing and learn it and then move on to the next thing and learn it. Um, kind of, as you'll know from doing your own editing, kind of editing in post is not optional. You've really, it's gotta be done. Um, and someone's gotta do it. And if there's only you to do it, that means you've gotta learn how. So just, um, make sure you give yourself time. Um, I love sending people to YouTube for, you know, beginning editing. Um, once you get the basics and afternoon in YouTube, you can get 70% of the way there. And that's plenty of time to get started with. Yeah, it's great. How this, uh, so for sure that how there's so many different tutorials and well, as well. And I was mentioning Odossi as well. Uh, they have so many how-to guides that anyone can access online. It's just a really simple, English and etc. And I'm sure that's the same with the other software as well, which you just very much so. And I think the the other thing that you can do uh, as, as almost as a present to yourself is really good mic technique. You know, make sure that you are positioned around the mic in a way that's going to capture the best audio. And make sure that you're in um, an audio environment that's going to give your you know, make it as easy as possible on yourself to edit it. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that can happen. That can happen where the environment is makes it crappy, but the actual content is awesome. Exactly. And, and because the, the podcasting industry is kind of getting more sophisticated, you can't get away with bad audio anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a lot easier to access for sure. Uh, so what is your advice to someone who says, I'd love to start a podcast, but I'm not really sure of my audience? Is that something that you ever stumble across? Um, occasionally. And my advice would be don't start a podcast yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if, if you don't know who you're talking to, don't put in the time of building out a podcast because the best audio, the best podcast episodes, they come when you know exactly who you are and having that, that kind of person in mind or that group in mind um, so that you can direct your questions and direct the way you're talking and what you're talking about be really meaningful for them. So if you don't have um, an idea of who your audience is, I'd say you should do that before you really seriously consider podcasting. Oh, yeah. Um, so many people come at it from a point of view of being like, this seems nice. But yeah, what's the point? If you know, if, don't, if, if you love creating audio for the sake of creating audio and it's fun for you, sure, go ahead, do it, enjoy it. It, it can be a lovely pastime. Um, but, you know, then that's a hobby and not a business. Exactly. Um, you mentioned earlier how the technology is getting more sophisticated. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, how you found uh, useful tactics to keep up with, like, how quickly everything is changing? Well, uh, I had a bit of a cheat on this one because um, my business partner is an audio expert <laughs> with uh, 20 years radio experience. Uh, so very happily, uh, I'd say for myself, I don't need to be up to date on the latest, you know, audio plugins, um, that that's her camp. Um, from like a promotion and a content and a funnel standpoint, um, it's really a matter of, um, participating in communities where people are talking about podcasting and the tools that are available and just kind of checking things out, um, as they come along. Every time I find a new tool, like say for podcast creation or for risk, um, I, I'll download it. I'll sign up for it and give it a try and see if it's something that we could integrate into our workflows. Um, and I don't terribly often adopt something completely new, but every now and then something amazing comes along and we start using it. So you talked a little bit about uh, the, community, the online communities aspect. Can you talk a little bit about some of the ones that you found personally helpful? 
Definitely. Um, I really love the She Podcast group. Um, I think it's a, a fantastic community of, uh, of uh, women-identified podcasters. Uh, really nice, really supportive, and some great, um, brilliant people in that group. Uh, and I also like the Podcast Movement uh, group for kind of the, the annual podcast conference. They've got a really, really nice Facebook group as well. Lots of advice there. And uh, also the Podcast Editors Club for if you want like the nitty-gritty tech talk. Uh, they've got great, great info. I'd add to that uh, Podcast Day. I don't know if you've heard of them. but Ooh, I, don't know them. I was part of a Facebook group. And the first time I ever started, somebody recommended them to me. And, uh, the best part of it is the diversity. Everybody's in different stages and different issues, etc. I'm totally going to join. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, so uh, I had a chance to look at One Stone's podcast resource. Paige, uh, what's the story behind that? And can you explain what kind of things that contains for the sake of the listeners? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a constant work in progress. Um, we're actually building out some um, really, I like to think it's pretty cool new stuff to put in there. Um, basically, what we do with the podcast resource page is we put the information there that we wish our clients knew, and that we want our clients to know, and that we want podcasters who have not hired us to also know. Um, so really, it's kind of we're creating the resources we wish we could find and give away so that we can give them away. <laughs> uh, so, like, how did that start? Uh, how did that start? Um, every time we come into a point of, um, you know, hey, we wish, say, our client hadn't done this. Well, they probably didn't know to do any different, so we'll make a little resource about it or answer a question about it. Or if I do, if I'm in one of the Facebook groups, for example, and I see a question being asked repeatedly, we'll try to come up with an answer for that and uh, get it onto the resource page. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to, um, to really keep it relevant and updated. Do you find you have to uh, update it frequently, or, or have you kept it pretty consistent at times? Um, updating it frequently is on my list of things to do that really regularly gets bumped back. <laughs> so um, I don't update it nearly as much as I know that I should. Uh, and, and, you know, now that we're talking about it, I think I'm going to recommit. Um, to keeping it more up to date because there, there's always going to be more stuff to put on. What other resources do you recommend for uh, aspiring small business podcasters? Ooh, uh, let's see. Um, I, I recommend investing in a good microphone. Uh, not like a you know a, a professional studio microphone, but you know good um, Snowball Yeti Audio Technica, something that'll last you for a couple of years. Um, for information, um, listen to podcasts. Listen to so many podcasts. Think of and, and try to analyze them as you're listening. You know, what do you really like? Was that a great interview question? That was a wonderful call to action. Uh, or, you know, that's a great uh, exit from mid-roll. Really listen to enough podcasts that are in your industry to find out what you like. Um, and then, you know, make it your own. But do what's working for other people. There's no need to invent the wheel every time. Most questions have been answered. Uh, and so you can get the information you need to make decisions that are right for your own business. Yeah, definitely. That, that addresses as well probably the most important, which is uh, finding your voice and your vibe, what works best for you, I'd say. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, audio is such an intimate way of connecting with people. Um, and it's really important that you are putting yourself forward as you want to be seen because it's really it's a one-to-one almost method of communication. So it's, it's a great chance to develop that intimacy with your audience and with your listeners. Um, that often you know you can't really get in uh, in writing. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's the background I'm coming from, and I found that really useful for uh, in my case, getting a more intimate behind the scenes view. Because often what they're looking at is just the words on my actual face, my voice. Very much so. Uh, so, so what what is your personal what's your advice for people that are having this anxiety? 
about uh, starting to do their own podcasts and approach people and stuff. I think um, the the first one, uh, and you know, at the risk of sounding a little bit harsh, is really decide if podcasting is where you want to be spending your time. Um, you know, especially if you're a business owner and you do have a business to be running, really make sure that it's the right time for you to be able to invest a lot of work and possibly not see much return on that work for it for some time. So if you're feeling the anxiety is maybe it's not the right time, maybe I shouldn't do it, you know, maybe it's not and be okay with it being a later. It's better to be really prepared to really give it a solid try later than to not feel great or be taking a huge risk for it now. Um, so that, that's one thing I would really, really consider if you're feeling, you know, some podcast anxiety. Um, the other one is, um, you know, if you know that you don't have, um, say, either the skills or the budget or the time to learn things like editing, like promotion, um, um, you know, you can start and get better with time, but also understand, you know, when you do make a podcast ask, how it sounds on the other end, how you promote it, that's all going to reflect on you and your business. So, you know, starting is better than not starting, especially if you know you want to do it long term. But um, wait till you've got enough confidence that you can really say, oh, yeah, I'd love to have you on the podcast. It's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, before inviting someone, you know, to go into you really want to preserve them. Wow, that's very important for sure. Because I think too many people approach it blindly. Mm-hmm. So going back to uh, one show specifically, uh, so any involvement in setting projects in store for you and the rest of the One Stone team? Uh, yeah, we've got some really exciting things that we're uh, cooking up right now. Um, the first is we're creating a uh, small product on how to pitch yourself as a podcast guest, uh, which is a great way to grow your podcast. It's much easier to get um, new listeners from who already listen to podcasts than connect with people who have never heard of a podcast. So being on other shows is fantastic. Getting on other shows, very hard. Lots of bad advice out there. So we're collaborating with Lisa Baker of Authentic Partnership uh, to come up with a an instructional product, basically, that will teach you how to figure out who's going to be, who might be a great partner or a great guest, and approach them in a really human-centric way. So I'm super excited about that. Should be coming out in the next uh, month or two. Oh, cool. That would be a really helpful resource for sure. So I'm hoping. Yeah. Of course, uh, in the grand tradition of internet marketing, it starts with a free ebook. So there's no commitment right away. (laughs) (laughs) So, what words best describe the work you do at One Stone and why? Probably empathetic, concierge, and innovative. Uh, so, uh, yeah, innovative. We we are always willing to try new things um, and, and just. We know enough about the marketing industry to be able to um, take risks uh, and, and try new stuff. So that's really exciting and really important to us. Um, concierge, we're a full-service agency. We do everything. <laughs> so uh, our clients like us because they record with their guests, and that's all they have to do. We take care of the rest and send them assets to share and, and finish podcasts. And um, sympathetic is, is we care about the people that we work with and we care about their success. We don't air bad episodes for our clients. If their interview isn't good enough, we send it back. Uh, we, uh, we really take to heart how our shows do. Um, and I, I'd like to hope it comes across. Well, and where can listeners find you online? Uh, they can find us at onestonecreative.net. Uh, I'm on Twitter um, at Megan Two Cents. And uh, we have a Facebook page as well, but it's also currently, sadly, Unupdated, but that will be changing in uh, the coming weeks. All right, cool. So, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening. So, just so you guys know, that's it for this season. But 
as you're listening to this now, if you're listening to this around uh, June, I'll be recording a series of season two episodes. So basically hit the subscribe button on your podcast listening device or sign up for the mailing list URL located in the show notes. I am so happy to have had you all stop by and hope you found my podcast useful. And of course, spread the good word to your friends. And I'll see you soon on season two.